Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Pete, and welcome to episode 406 of her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about well, her mind, her body, her life, and today, her fitness. That's right. Stand up immediately. Don't be sitting there. Stand up. You know what's coming your way. And I have an absolutely terrific episode with a wonderful friend and colleague. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Solaray Vitamins. Yeah, you know how it goes. You say you're going to eat well and you never do. Um, and then... Uh, Striving for five colors. Yeah, you know where that went. So sometimes food is not enough. <gasps> Sacrilegious, but it's true. So make sure you take your multivitamin at the very least. Know what your vitamin D levels are. Solaray, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y, has your back. Run on over to solaray.com. You know, I'm one of those multivitamin ladies. So, hmm, you know, come on now. You need to have that backup. So run on over and check it out. And also, this is your first reminder to head on over to iTunes after uh, the show to rate and review because I love your feedback. Okay, I live for your feedback. That's just the honest truth. All right, it's time for Her. Her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. Okay, here we are. It's the new year and everybody's sitting there and the number one thing people are going for is health. And it, it, it's the way it is every flipping year, isn't it? So <laughs> I can't think of a better person to really help us out here when we're looking at fitness per se as part of our health and how we can get this to stick you know what it's like. All the statistics are grim after the first month or so of those resolutions. And we're going to have a conversation about kind of the philosophy of resolutions and everything, too. But everyone, this is Dr. Alex McDonald. Now, Alex and I are both with the American College of Sports Medicine. And Alex is a former triathlete, probably still sneaking in some right now. You'll tell us more about that. He's a Southern California Permanente medical group physician um, specializing in family medicine and sports medicine. And this is with the Kaiser Permanente Group. He's also a member of the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American College of Sports Medicine, and a whole host of other professional organizations because that's how busy he is. Alex, welcome to the Her Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to to chat with you, and uh, just from your from the introduction alone, I know we're going to have a, a fantastic conversation. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, now. I'm a triathlete. You're like a crazy triathlete. Well, You're I'm, way I'm, out there. I'm a, I'm a recovering triathlete. I haven't done okay, a triathlon recovering. for about 10 years. Um, okay, I'm still, still. still very active. I ride my bike. I actually did, uh, just did a marathon a couple weeks ago. I'm, I already signed up for my next one in May. So I'm, I'm mostly a runner now. Um, but I, I always try to say I, I practice what I preach. Um, I'm, well, I'm a lifestyle know, medicine guy. As physicians, we have to. You know, it's one of those situations where how can we sell health and well-being if we aren't? <laughs> We're not Absolutely healthy true. and, you know, well. So there you have it. Now, everyone out there is sitting there saying, okay, what do we do? Here I am. And you're, you're getting people 
all over the place. You've got people who are coming out of the COVID dark years and they gained weight, they got less fit, you know, there's depression and craziness going on, and now they want to regroup in the new year. Um, and so you got that crowd. You've got the crowd that's kind of always been active, but maybe needs a little bit of a, mm. and then you've got people who, well, maybe have never been that active, walking the dog at a zombie pace, you know, that type of thing. So I, I'm kind of aiming at people, you know, who want to really make a difference this year and, and are more than likely kind of starting from go somewhat and need to know the secrets to keep these habits sticky so that a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, you're sitting there saying, well, look at me, you know, like give it up. Look what I accomplished. Go for it, Alex. Yeah. I, I, so the, the the first thing we have to say is there's no one size that fits all. So this is highly individualized. And so people have to figure out what works for them. Um, there are definitely some very basic sort of guidelines or recommendations, which I'm always telling my patients. I mean, the number one thing is, is make a plan. Um, and, and, and start small. Most the biggest thing, I think it's the first 21 days where resolutions end up dying uh, somewhere in, in mid, mid to end of January. Um, so, so make a plan, um, tell your friends, uh, make, make, tell your family, make, make yourself accountable. Um, use a, use a, some kind of a tracking device because what's gets measured or what, what's get tracks gets measured, uh, or whatever the saying is. Um, so those are kind of some of the basic things, but, but the biggest mistake I see people making is they go from a couch and they start trying to do a marathon and that's just too big, a, too big a leap. They end up getting injured, they end up getting burnt out, uh, mentally and physically. And so starting small, um, is probably the biggest mistake or the biggest recommendation I, I want people to make um, without without overdoing it. We, we can go into a lot more detail, details about all of those, but those are kind of the, the first pieces off the top of my brain. I love it. And I'm one of those advocates of um, the S-M-A-R-T strategy, the SMART strategy. So let's kind of go through that because you literally summarized it very quickly. So let's kind of go there. I think what I observe and what I'm loving also, Alex, just as a quick aside, is that we're both physicians who um, are athletes and and we get it uh, and we walk the talk. Sadly, um, you know, we've always been in the minority, like really gross minority of our brethren. But I see now the younger ones are coming through the system and, and they're all, you know, really understanding the need to take care of themselves, too. So it's important that we're not just pontificating from on high. We sweat. We got dirt under our nails. You know, we got the whole thing going um, with marathons. You don't have to do any of those fancy things. So all you have to do is, is just get to know yourself. And what are you really striving to do? What's the low-hanging fruit that would make a big difference for you? Okay? So... Um, the first part of the S-M-A-R-T, the SMART strategy, is be specific. So when people say, I want to get healthy, that's not specific. Um, that's general, and that's going to get you absolutely nowhere um, if you're really going to have a strategy. So give us an example of like specific small steps. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, for for some of my patients who are maybe a little bit active, but but don't do do don't do much, you know, I say, okay, what what do you want to do? How, what what's realistic for you? And they're like, well, I want to go to the gym more. I'm like, Great. Let's let's go to the gym twice a week for 30 minutes, right? So I, I always use the analogy with my with my patients with medication. We don't just throw some people some medication and say, oh, take some some of the time. But unfortunately, that's what we do with exercise. And we really need to be much more specific about uh, an exercise prescription. And that's where this S piece comes in, being very specific. I want you to walk five minutes, three times a day. I want you to go to the gym, do general full body workouts for 30 minutes, twice a week. Something very, very concrete, something very measurable as well. Um, and so, again, getting healthy, losing weight, uh, getting stronger, that's very nonspecific. Um, and so I always give people sort of very specific exercise prescription. And then we can get even in more, de more detail. I want to be able to, you know, bench press 50% of my body weight. And, you know, we, we can get very, very specific if we want to, but, but it, it depends on the individual, I think, more than anything else. Exactly. And I think that once again, people more than people more than likely um, are, you know, apt to make fathom leaps. You know, it just, you know, you see all these inspiring pictures of people finishing a marathon and, you know, all that stuff. I know it, it worked for me years ago when I did my first marathon, the Marine Corps. Um, I said, wow, you know, I, I feel like such a hero. Of course, the winners have already flown home to Africa by the time I get through you know, the damn finish line. But we won't bring that up right now. Hey, now doing, doing it and completing it is, is all, all that matters. That's all I ever cared about. My biggest goal was I want to see a finish line and slap a medal around my neck. Um, and then we're done. Um, we're not going to obsess. So... You know, I think that uh, if people just know themselves, they just, just kind of do an inventory of your lifestyle right now. So do you live in a neighborhood where you can take that walk? Is there a park close by? Um, do you have a pet? Do you, you know, have a buddy? Um, do you listen to Audible? You know, listen to a book while you're walking or whatever the issue may be. Reason why I bring this up is because it's, you and I both know it's all by trial and error. So sometimes it's like an epic, whoops, you know, that didn't work. Um, and other times you're like, get out of here. This is like fantastic. And, and you just got to have that. The other thing that I'm thinking about, Alex, is that when we look at trying to make any kind of change in our life, I don't care what it is, you've got to have meaning and purpose behind it. You're not a robot. You can't just sort of say, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to, you know, crunch out a, you know, whatever, uh, 10,000 steps and what. No, what's fueling that? Is it that you want to see your, you know, your grandkids uh, grow up? It's, well, you got to be here to see them grow up. You know, it's one of those things. What have you found from your own working with, with patients um, men and women, in terms of purpose and meaning that kind of fuels all of this. 
you know, and again, that's where it becomes so so highly individualized and specific as well. My my why is not going to be the same as someone else's why, and so I always try to focus for them. Uh, if someone comes in and say, "I want I want to get healthy," or the most common one is, "I want to lose weight," which I think is a terrible goal, by the way, but we can talk about that later. Um, and and then I say, "Well, well, why? Why do you want to do you want to feel better? Do you want to have more energy? Um, do you want to be around for your 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 grandkids' graduation in five years?" Um, and so it really depends on the individual. So there's not a one size fits all, but I think it's really important. A lot of times people start telling me what, but I don't care what I want. I care about why, why, why does it matter to you? And, you know, put a post-it note on your mirror in the morning. And that way you see your why every single morning when you wake up. I Um, love that. I love that idea. Yeah. That's what keeps you moving. That's what keeps you going forwards. And I, and, and I think the other piece too, is helping, helping other people hold you accountable. You know, whether it's your physician, whether it's your trainer, whether it's your family, whether it's your friend, tell people your why, tell people your goals. And that way they can help check in on you and keep you accountable as well too, because we're, we're by nature, we're social creatures. Um, and there's doing this by ourselves is, is we can do it by ourselves, but it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more effective if we do it together. I just so love that. And uh, again, that why could be, let's connect some dots. How about hiking? How about hiking somewhere magnificent? Well, to do that, guess what? You have to be in shape. I just came back from Sedona um, where I did some, you know, ass-kicking hiking um, up in the Red uh, Mountains. And I'm going to tell you something. I got news. You know, you have to be in good shape. And, uh, but I couldn't live my dream unless I was there. So that's just one little why. Um, for me, it's to live It's to live a very, you know, uh, wonderful, rich life. Um, and that's just one example of that. So that kind of moves us along then to the M, which is measurable. Something has to be measurable. Now, you were mentioning tracking and what else? Yeah, so I always tell people, um, you know, if you are – whatever your goal is, um, keeping keeping track of it, right? Writing it down in a journal. There's a billion different apps that you can download for your phone. Heck, we're all wearing these little devices on our wrists which which track oh, our activity level. ring. Oh, the ring. Yep, exactly. So a- any yeah. kind of a wearable, right? So it's easier than ever to sort of track what you're doing. Um, it doesn't even require any thought sometimes. You just push a button or it knows you're going for a walk without you even telling anything. Um, and so tracking your activity and tracking – Tracking your progress can be really, really beneficial, and that's going to help hold you accountable too. And you're like, oh, I gotta, gotta close my my move rings today, or it feels like a chore at first. But getting started is the hardest part, and knowing that you need to kind of keep track of it, and and you can measure that. Uh, one, it it builds a sense of accomplishment. Hey, I, I walked 30 miles during the month of, of January. I, I ran you know 50 miles this week, right? Whatever whatever that may be. Um, so I think keeping track of it and, and measuring it, whatever it may be, is so important to help us progressing because you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and we need to take little small incremental steps, which can be hard to see day to day. But if we look month to month or year to year, that's where we're really going to see the, the, the biggest benefit. And, and keeping track of those and measuring those changes um, helps us feel accomplished and, and moving forward as well. Well, you said something a little bit earlier you said, you know, when we're talking about specific goals, people always say, I want to lose weight. I want to drop a certain, and then you immediately said, mm, not a great idea. Okay, explain where you were coming from on that. 
Yeah, so there's more and more research showing that weight is a very poor predictor of, of fitness. Um, and, uh, and even weight being a poor predictor of, of health as well, quite frankly. Um, so, you know, somebody's weight, somebody's body mass index is one point, one single data point, but quite frankly, not the most important data point when it comes to measuring their fitness. I have a lot of patients who are morbidly obese, according to their to the to the body mass index. However, they can go walk, you know, for for two hours without any problems. They can lift a, a bunch of weight. You know, they they are physically active, and I think that is far more um, a valuable predictor of health and also fitness than than just simply weight. Um, a lot of times, people when they start lifting weights, they put on more muscle. Muscle weighs more than fat, and their weight actually goes up um, versus going down. Um, so and it's so variable. There's so many different body habitus and body types. Um, and so weight is just a terrible measure. That's, that's part of the reason when people come in to see me, that is the number one reason, reason they're there. The number one reason they want to work out is to quote, lose weight. Um, but I quickly, and I'm very honest with them is like, I, th I think that's a terrible goal. Let's, let's reevaluate. Let's think of something else and, and figure out another goal, which is more sustainable, more achievable, and actually has more impact on your overall fitness and your health as well. I'm a body comp person. So, you know, I much prefer to your point, that you become more fit, um, that you become stronger, which immediately tells me that you're beginning to optimize your muscle mass, which makes me happy. Um, and then BTW, by the way, you know, your, your body composition begins to correct itself um, much better. But if you lead with weight, and you don't lead with fitness, then, then the whole thing becomes kind of crazy. What I also ask people to do, you know, this is a women's show, and most women have an antibody response um, to scales. Um, you know, they just, they're, they're allergic. I you know, break out in hives and just, you know, saying the word. Um, instead, I, many years ago, um, I came up with this little wild and crazy concept of what I love to call the clothesometer. Okay, clothes don't lie, all right? That's just kind of the way it works. So when you talk about metrics, because the M is measurable, you know, one of the things I, the lowest hanging fruit, the most attainable, simple thing to look at um, is just your size. So, um, you know, cute little, you know, humorous aside, um, one of my obese patients uh, years ago uh, came in and, you know, uh, I was really getting into this whole clothesometer thing because it was working. People can say things like, I'm 18, I'm a size 18, and I'm going to just keep working and chipping away till I get to a 16, working and chipping away till I get to, you know, that's a gentle number. You know, 276 is not a gentle number. All right. So I asked her what her size was. And instead of getting like, you know, 3X or 18 or whatever the issue was, what she said instead was she thought about it and looked at me, you know, and then she thought about some more. She goes, elastic. That was her size. All she lived in was elastic. It was, you know, gym pants, you know, kind of, you know, sweats and stuff. It was, you know, there are certain clothing brands out there that are kind of flowy and you can kind of get lost in them and there's no form fitting. And I said, you are forbidden to go near those brands and you're going to start, you know, working on some real numbers here. So for her, I just did, you know, some uh, uh, waist 
um, measurement, which which helped her understand kind of where she was. And I think that's a little gentler. You know, there's so many creative ways to kind of hit this. But I love the fact that you don't lead with weight, that you lead with fitness. So which brings us to A of the S-M-A-R-T, and that's attainable. You know, this is where it's like, okay, can we get a reality check here? Like, no, you don't run a marathon if you've never run a block. It's just not happening. So talk to us about attainable. This is where a lot of those, I don't know, I have a lot of people who just read, you know, magazines, see the social media online. It looks so much fun coming through that, you know, triathlon shoot and, oh, you're so... Mm you know, small steps. So what would you say? Yeah. I mean, again, where, where are they? And so I, I, I really asked them what their current activity level is, um, what their current activity level is and then, and then where they want to go. Um, and, and that may be, and I, I, I tell them if, if you want to run a marathon, I think that's reasonable. Let's start with a 5k, right? Let's start with something really small. And we're, and if we're thinking, you know, we can potentially make this plan years in advance in advance, not just weeks or months. Um, and so sometimes we have to do, some people come in with very realistic goals and some people come in with outlandish uh, goals, which are need, need some, some reframing or, or maybe they need to push their goals out a few years down the road. Um, so I always start with where somebody is currently, but I also think about, okay, what, what have they done? A lot of, a lot of my patients are, you know, middle-aged, they were an athlete in college maybe, or in high school. Um, so they have some of that genetic predisposition, if you will, they're they're They have some motor memory deep in there, what it's like to be active. Um, and for those indiv individuals, maybe I say, okay, well, we can, we can push it a little bit more. We can, we can be a little bit more aggressive since we know, you know, you played football in, in high school, you ran track. Um, there's, there's some biometric uh, memory in there um, versus somebody who's never been active in their entire life. We're going to start much smaller as well too. So it really all depends on that individual, uh, what their history is, where they currently are, and then where they want to go as well. I love it. Um, I, I go to the low-hanging fruit thing to the point of being ludicrous. So, you know, can you walk around the block? And they go, well, of course I can walk around the block. And I go, okay, well, you know, back off now. Um, and so how many blocks can you go? Oh, I'm not sure. And I said, trial and error time. Let's have some fun. This is where the fun comes in. And, and I love that. Um, because more than anything else, people need to get real. Now, um, it's the other the other thing that's really important, and this takes us to R, which is realistic, is this. What happens, you know, when people who've set up these perfect little plans and, you know, you and I have done this when we train for competition. We go, okay, well, now this week I got to hit X number of miles or, you know, swims, whatever, and back and forth. We're cool. But what happens when life throws you a curveball? Okay. You know, now you have someone who's sick in your household and you have to deal with that. Maybe there's some funkiness going on at work in your professional life. Whatever the issue may be, you know, uh, I think a lot of people get um, really off track during this time. So what is your dialogue to them when, you know, in the beginning? Because I give them forewarning. Yep, I say, you think this is perfect. You're out of your mind. And, and your job is to show that you can stay the course. It may not look pretty, but stay the course as best you can despite craziness. So what do you do? 
Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing. I, I, I tell them up front, look, there are going to be, you're not going to be perfect, right? You have this perfect plan and that's great. So we're going to strive for perfection, but knowing that reality happens and that, you know, life happens. And so there, there are a couple different ways to do it. If, if it's like just a one time, one day thing here or there, I tell them, you know what, forget it. doesn't matter. Just move on to the next day. Don't try to make up a workout. Don't try to feel guilty about a missed workout. Um, if it's a, if it's a one, uh, a one off, however, if it becomes, you know, is a harder period of time at work and it starts becoming a week of, of struggle, then I always tell people, let, let's think about different goals, right? A goal might be on the schedule, which is the perfection, but let's do like a B goal, right? Which is maybe half of that activity or even a C goal, which is, which is something entirely different, which is more doable. And so we always think about uh, letting people know it's not going to be perfect, but also if, when you do hit those ro- bumps in the road, that's where having friends keeps you accountable and having family members keeps you accountable. And two, something is always better than nothing. A lot of times people say if they can't be perfect, they just want to give up and quit entirely. Um, But I always tell them, look, we're aiming for 90% of the time here. Right. Our schedule is 100% of the time, but if we can hit 90% of the time, that's that's our goal here, um, rather than being perfect. And so so I think sometimes helping people reframe what what progress looks like. And it's not always, it's not always an uphill climb. Sometimes there's, there's, you have to go down to go up farther up also. And so I think just talking to people about that, making sure they know it's going to come. And when it happens, um, you know, saying, Hey, shoot me an email. If you're having challenging, we can kind of re- readdress, you know, how you can stay active or, or talk to your friends, talk to your family to help keep you moving forwards through those challenging times. Sometimes if it, when it becomes a a significant uh, uh, mental stress, right? Whether it's a sick family member, exercise is actually one of the best things we can do for our mental health as well, too. So when when all signs say, oh no, don't exercise this week because you have all these things going on, that's actually probably the most important ex- time to exercise, but you basically may need to cut it back or scale it down a bit as well, too. Something is better than nothing is is the most important piece of what you just said, I think. And that is, no matter what happens, and to your point, I'm just so glad you brought up the mental health piece of this. Um, when life, you know, really hits you in the head here, you really need to be able to rely upon that walk in the park with the dogs or your buddy and back and forth. Now, maybe you didn't run. I'm good. Um, it's better just to keep stoking the fire to keep it going, it took a while to build a fire. I mean, if you build it the way I do, it's probably about like a two-hour adventure, but um, get the sucker going. Um, but, you know, it doesn't take much to keep it going after that. And a little kindling and, you know, a little stoking it around and everything. That's the way I look at it. The other thing, too, that's really important is to try to avoid, and now we're going to, you know, get real medicine-y here, um, disuse events, where you don't, where you're not physically active as you normally are, why is that? Because your lean body mass starts heading south and you will drop it very quickly. And, and you, could, you could look at how fast, it just blows your mind at how fast muscle deteriorates um, when you're not using it. And people blow it off because they remember, yeah, when I was 20, I took a month off, two months, whatever, and I rebounded. You're right. A disuse event when you're 20 is real different than when you're in your 40s, 
50s and beyond, because those disuse events are catastrophic. Now you're really going to have to work hard to build back the lean body mass. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's it's much easier to maintain fitness than it is to build fitness. Um, And I think, you know, you start to lose fitness, uh, cardiovascular fitness, you start to lose after about two weeks of disuse, uh, muscle uh, strength and and muscle mass, you start to lose after about a week or so, as you said, very pretty quickly. And so even as doing something, it it was going to help you maintain your fitness, which is much, much easier than actually when it comes to building fitness as well too. So something is better than nothing. Absolutely. And that's um, the R of the smart strategy. And that is just being realistic. Also having plan, just like you said, plan B, C, D, E, and F, whatever. When, when life hits, sometimes we can almost predict, you know, mother-in-law coming over, this is going to be a disaster. Right. So right. just take that walk ahead of time. Cause you're going to need it. Um, and maybe well, afterwards too. Or, or yeah. even plan, right? If you know your in-laws are coming, if you know you have a big presentation at work, you you build in those as sort of recovery weeks or lower lower intensity, lower time volume weeks. So you can kind of plan those fitness, excuse me, the life events around your fitness as well too. So they kind of mesh. Anytime I go to a meeting, I know when my meetings are a month in advance or excuse me, a year in advance. And I always, when I'm doing my training schedule, I like, oh, I know I'm going to be at ACSM that week. I'll, I'll do the 5k on Sunday as part of the, part of the, uh, the meeting. Um, but I'm probably not going to do a lot of fitness that week. And so I'll just plan that in part of my, my schedule as well. And so kind of sometimes planning ahead to know when those predictable periods of, of time, uh, where you may need to kind of back off and focus on maintaining or even a recovery week. Um, you know, some of it is not predictable, but but as best you can, it helps to plan around life. Well, you know, when you say plan around life, personally, I think that's where a lot of this falls apart. Because I think that people who are not used to doing this on a routine basis, you know, haven't been staying fit for years and all that stuff, they don't, they see life as either black and white, right? So I have a plan, and if the plan didn't get executed exactly you know, as I had written it, then um, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a failure. I did it all wrong. You know, then there's all this, you know, let me just lash myself, you know. And then, then you basically throw up your hands and say to heck with it. No, 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 no. You know, what you do is you just be realistic, think ahead of time, and just continue to do something You know, uh, never drop this thing because, you know, until I really reviewed the literature, I'm writing my next book right now. Oh, my gosh, just blew my socks at how fast fitness dissipates. It's gone, especially after the age of 50, guaranteed after the age of 60 when we have that um, time in life when we have the sarcopenia, in other words, age-related, I don't care if you're a master's swimmer, you're gonna have age-related drop in muscle. So stockpile that muscle so that the drop ends up being in, you know, not so much instead of falling real close to frailty because you didn't have any muscle on board to start with. Does that yep. make sense? I think one of the issues here also is is the earlier we can get people active, and that's why I'm much more optimistic about the younger generation who who have sort of grown up being much more physically active. I think, and they build their muscle up, muscle mass up, uh, and their fitness up when they're in their 20s and their 30s, and they have a much farther area to fall before they reach that kind of that frailty or that critical point versus people who don't even start exercising until their their 50s and 60s. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. Um, but the earlier you start, the the farther you have to sort of have that age-related uh, sarcopenia and, and, and just kind of decrease in fitness, which unfortunately is 
physiology. If we can figure out a way around that, uh, you know, we, we could probably get the Nobel Prize and retire. But um, it, it, until that time, something is better than nothing. And just getting moving, starting with where you are is just so valuable. I know. And I, I think if, if everyone who's listening and viewing, you know, is, is really taking notes, what you're hearing from us is please, please start with low-hanging fruit, something that is so ridiculously simple. Start building that as a foundation. And the, the, the smartest people are the ones who are able to, you know, watch the progression over time, give themselves an add a girl, add a boy, whatever, and then just keep building on that because quite frankly, after a while, it kind of sells itself. You know, when you drop a dress size or a jean size or a jacket size, you know, it's like, hey, I'm kind of liking this. And then be realistic. Here's here's my own little addition to the SMAR so far because we have the T left. And that is, please... Lead with self-compassion. You know, forgive yourself. Come on now. So you slipped up, you know, you, you had a poor pity me party and you didn't invite me, but you had a poor pity me party over some, you know, dreck in your life and, and you took the day off and, you know, whatever. And then you were like, you know, slamming yourself. Don't do that. You know, pl play with self-compassion and self-forgiveness. And I always put my hands over my heart um, and I do this all the time, and it reminds me, you know, are you leading with self-compassion? Are you just being real mean to yourself, which will then absolutely lead you to just disregard your entire plan? What do yeah. you think of that? I completely agree. I mean, there's there's more and more evidence showing that that self-gratitude, um, even just taking five minutes at the end of the day and writing down three things you're grateful for has tremendous sort of positive benefits. Same way that, that negative self-talk has this vicious downward spiral, positive self-talk can have a vicious upward spiral as well. Um, if you find your inner monologue saying something to yourself that you would never say to your friend, you need to change your inner monologue. Um, I have I have some people who, who will verbalize <laughs> their inner monologue sometimes. And I, I, would you say that to your best friend? Would you say that to your, to your daughter? Would you say that to your, to your partner? And 90%, 95% of the time, the answer is no. So why are you talking to yourself that way? Um, some of the best athletes in the world, I'm talking world-class athletes here, they have a bad day. You know what? We're just going to cut it short. We're going to make it easy. We're going to skip it entirely, and we're going to stay positive and focus on the next day. Um, those are some of the, the the best athletes in the world. Is they're just consistent. They forgive themselves when they they're having a rough day, and they move forwards and focus on the next one. Versus when you get in this negative downward spiral, it just is so detrimental. And I think that's to go to your other point about starting starting small with those easy wins. Um, you know, if if our goal is you know years down the road, we're not going to see that immediate success. If our goal is to be physically active five days a week, we can do that, right? That's very measurable. And you can have some, some positivity from that as well, too. So starting small that you can get those easy wins and just staying positive. And if you find that self-doubt creeping in, which unfortunately, we're all kind of hardwired for that self-doubt, um, acknowledge it and then try to shift it in your brain and, and, and take whatever that phrase is you're saying to yourself and turn it around or ask yourself, would I say this to my friend, to my family, to my partner? And the chances are no, you shouldn't say it to yourself. Okay. Now we're ready for the T, which is, which is time bound. So we've got specific, 
goals, measurable goals, attainable goals, realistic goals, and now we're going for like a time period. Now, when we bring this up, one of the, sometimes people just are not really, you know, they don't know uh, what they don't know because maybe they've just been more sedentary and they've never really sought help. So here's a major shout out to get a certified fitness professional to help you. The American College of Sports Medicine most definitely has those certified professionals. Um, but there are other groups too that are really quite good. The American Council on Exercise and, and a number of others. But, you know, it's important that sometimes we get guidance. I mean, I've had guidance on and off throughout my entire athletic career. And I found that to be invaluable because, again, you don't know what you don't know. So what about you? What You know, I'm sure that in all the years that you've been, you know, a crazy-ass athlete out there doing your thing, competing and everything, I mean, I'm sure you've had a lot of guidance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it takes it takes a village, right? I mean, I've had I've had multiple different coaches. I've had training partners. Um, I've had multiple different um, individuals who have sort of helped along the way as well, too. And I think again, helps keep you sustainable and accountable, um, which is really valuable. I think if people are starting out new and they've never exercised before, they haven't been to the gym, I definitely recommend working with a personal trainer for at least a, a short period of time just to kind of get the basics. Um, if it's someone you've, you've, you've done physical activity when you're younger and you sort of remember some of the basics, then maybe you don't need someone right away. You can kind of start on your own. And then once you reach that point where you've, you've kind of hit those plateaus and you need more help kind of breaking through to the next level or, or next goal, then maybe that's the time to engage um, a, a professional. So it really depends on the, on the individual in many respects. Um, but there's no way we can do this alone to my, to my point before it takes a village. It takes accountability partners, both, both people who are, who are exercising and staying fit, fit with you, as well as, maybe some professionals who are just sitting there and whipping you with a wet noodle as, as you go at the same time too. So it, it, it depends on what motivates you as well. If, if people respond well to somebody yelling at them, then hey, find someone to yell at you. If you need someone who's going to kind of coddle you and, and be much more, more nurturing, then find that person too. There's a million different um, individuals out there. There's a million professionals out there. And finding that match, I think, is really important also. Well, you know, I think one of the coolest things about, you know, starting out the professional um, is they'll measure things, and I, I'll wager, now tell me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I think most people completely overestimate what kind of shape they're in. In other words, they're, oh, I'm flexible. No, I got balance. You know, I got all that. And then, you know, they, they get put to the test. And, you know, this is where, honestly, a little note for everyone, park your ego at the door because you're about ready to do you 101. And, you know, you, you get assessed in so many things in life, don't you? You've taken tests, you know, school, professional work, whatever. What about your body? You know, and it's more than just, you know, doctors like you and I, Alex, you know, listening to your chest and everything um, and doing that, you know, uh, physical examination. This is like you're sitting on the floor and you're bending forward and doing flexibility. How far can you go forward? You know, that type of thing. And you're like shocked. And many times that's what it takes to kind of go, all right. Now, that's ridiculous. I know I can do better than that. And suddenly, meaning and purpose pops up, and you got that little fire in you saying, I'm going to show him, and I can definitely do this. And at the same time, it's humbling. It's like, man, you know, 
I, I, I just tried to get off the floor and a front end loader had to show up to help me. Now this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like well, and, and and sometimes a little humble pie is good for us. And and I'm going to use myself as, a, as an example. Um, my last marathon was in 2017, 2018, number of years. And I just did a marathon this year. And and when I was training for that marathon, I was like, oh yeah, no problem. I got this. I've done literally. I've done 50 marathons probably in my, in my lifetime thus far. But it'd been a bit of a break. And and you know maybe my training wasn't quite where it wanted it to be. Um, and I, by far the worst marathon of my life by like half an hour time uh, period slower. So, so not like a little bit uh, uh, off, way off. And, and I think that, you know, I'm a little older now. I have a four at the beginning of my age. So I think part of that too is, is, you know, sometimes those humble pie moments are good for us and they can actually help propel us forwards. I argue that people probably are motivated more sometimes by a, by a bad race, by a bad workout than they are by a good workout. Um, but take take both pieces to motivate you and moving you forward as well. Yeah, but don't you and I do this every day when we show someone their lab results? Suddenly you have to, you know, have a little humble pie moment there too. You're like, oh my God, my hemoglobin A1C, that's a little test for your, see whether or not you're pre-diabetic or diabetic was much higher than you thought. You're walking around going, oh, I'm a five, 5.1. All of a sudden it's like 5.8. And you're like, what? And and it's like a slap across the head with an invisible two by four. And you're like, well, okay, now just a minute here. So you and I do this anyway with, with medical and, and health issues. So the fitness piece is just a another layer of what we have to pay attention to in our health and wellness. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I can completely agree with you. I think, um, and, and again, that's why you sort of have having these measuring points. And, you know, when you're going through school, you have don't just have one big test at the end, you have tests as you go to sort of measure your progress along the way. And I think sometimes when I have people come in who, you know, let's say nothing's been measured, be it their their A1C or their their mile walk time for, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, they have memories of when they were 18, think they can do it no problem. Um, so sometimes what, what you need to take those moments, you need to make sure you actually are measuring things along the way too, and not just looking at the end goal, but having some of those intermediary goals along the way, or, or, or just moments to sort of check in and see how you're doing in that forward progress as well too. Okay, here's the smart uh, strategy as we're summarizing now. We, the S is for specific, then you have measurable, attainable, realistic, and then there has to be some timing here. So you have to be realistic about when you're going to be achieving these things and don't be living in fantasy land. And no matter what you do, you lead with self-compassion. That's what you lead with. And then realism, because life's going to hit you. If it doesn't, you're not having a rich and robust life, because trust me, it's going to hit you, you know, one way or the other. All right, Alex, as we wrap this up, just a very quick last little trick or tip for people out there. Just one. Replace the word have with get. I have to go exercise. I get to go exercise. I love it. It's a completely different attitude. It's like, it's a gift. It's a celebration of what our bodies can do versus a punishment for something we ate or something that we can't do. Um, and so I think that little, again, saying positive and self-gratitude fits, I think, in there as well, too. And that's that's my number one trick for myself as well uh, when it's 
four or five in the morning and I'm supposed to get out of bed and go for a run. Oh, okay. All right. Been there, done that. Um, Alex, this has been wonderful. Everyone out there on the Herb Podcast land, we've been talking to Dr. Alex McDonald. He is with the American College of Sports Medicine with me. Oh, he's a member and he is absolutely walking the talk. And I just love being with my fellow brethren, you know, uh, members of the healing arts, in this case, physician, who are also walking the talk. So there's no, you know, this is a pontificate free zone. We don't do that. It's never going to work. We're very beholden to you, um, Alex, for being on the Her Podcast. And I also want to give a big shout out to, once again, our sponsors, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y. Just run on over to solaray.com and multivitamin, please, and check your vitamin D levels. Dr. McDonald does that all the time. Make sure you're okay. Ah, what a wonderful episode. Okay, here's your second reminder to run over to iTunes to rate and review the show because I'm sitting here waiting for your feedback. And why is this important? Because I'm Dr. Pam Peak. I'm the host of this Herb Podcast. Please follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peak or on Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peak MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on Radio MD, iTunes, and all of the major platforms, because we love to get that message out there. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay well.